This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 10th of January, 2023. My name is Patrick Smith. We're live. We are on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and you can also download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and all your normal podcast providers. On this week's show, well, the Giants progressed to the semi-final of the Challenge Cup once more and took four points off the Dundee Stars, but neither of those things were straightforward. Uh, we'll get to the game. Sim- I'll get the game shortly. Uh, Player of the month for December was Peyton Jones, and he is our guest. Get your questions in if you're watching live. Um, we'll have a bit of news. We'll talk about the new face in the locker room, and the games ahead are the Nottingham Panthers. Now we asked Omar Pasha to come and join us, but he was too busy. Former of that, friend of the show. Because former. of that, because of that, I am placing Omar Pasha officially on the band list. We've asked him a couple of times now. He's not officially on the ban list. And if he wants to appeal that, he can contact me directly. We're not amused. Can the appeal happen live on the show? Well, that's that's a consideration. Mr. McGimsey, how are you? Not too bad, Patrick. Thank you very much. It's been uh, a good start to the new year for for the Giants, certainly. Um, Glad to be back at this again. (laughs) What do you think of Pash blankness again? I'm going to text him now and tell him it's outrageous. Just fishing in the bad. It's just a bad loser. Just bad. It just smacks a bad loser. It came on with the one. I, I, I explain. <laughs> you know, come on tonight and do what he says. I can do tomorrow. That's no good news. He knows that as it's well. Live, it's live tonight. He knows Ugh. that. Ridiculous. Joey, how are you doing? Dartboard. Yeah, good mate. Yeah, I've been watching Lancy the, the dartboard in the back. Got to get the stupid purchases in before uh, I'm financially committed for the next 18 years. Uh, had a really, really good time watching the World Championships this year. And, I was uh, say, inspired by, the, the, by that uh, nine dark leg. Honestly. I'm just, um, I'm just thinking about placement here. It's not the mm. nursery wall on the other side of that wall, is it? No, you see, David, I've thought this through. That's an exterior <laughs> wall. That's an exterior wall. So that's going outside the house. Like, what's the, what's the ring for? Is that just a light? That's for whenever I blow darts into my wall, mate. 
<laughs> and, then, and then the the black ring is an LED light, yeah, so that ah, I can see right. the holes in the wall whenever I blow the darts into them. Okay. So yeah. So keep it. Um, um, we're going to be watching uh, Joel Neal at the Alley Pally next. If, year. if anybody wants to start a darts team with me, real, let me know. We'll have six. The shirts, real deal. The real deal. Joel Neal. He's going to have a shirt on. He's ready to go. Lads, <laughs> let's get stuck in the Belfast Giants. Uh, first of all, took uh, undertook uh, some Challenge Cup action. They were one goal down uh, going into this game against the Nottingham Panthers last Wednesday, but they triumphed with a five-two victory in the game. That's 5-2 victory in the game and a 7-5 victory overall. But as I said earlier on, none of this is straightforward. The Belf- uh, so Nottingham Panthers raced to a 2-0 lead in the game, which was a three-goal lead on Arrogant, Sorensen and Brady. But they were the only two goals they scored uh, on a major penalty to um, Puffer, which we'll no doubt discuss later in the show. Scott Conway got a power play goal. And then Kieran Long, Goody, Hookie, and uh, Davy Gilbert rounded out the scoring with regards to goalkeepers, Jackson Whistle, 23 shots on, two again, two went past them. And Alex DeBow, 35 shots on, five goals against your refs, Randy Dalton and David Good. David Good, David Good. Ah, um, Excellent. That, that's not going to catch, is it? It's not going to catch. <laughs> <laughs> Davy, um, penalties galore in the opening period, but the chance they put it put the chance on the back foot, um, with three goal and three goals back on aggregate, but they had to fight back from it and they did. Yeah, we definitely started with uh, not not the start, not the idea to start. You want your goal down, and of course you want to you want to get the first goal in the game to tie the tie, bring the tie back to level. But wasn't the bay? We got into a bit of penalty trouble, and, and Panthers used that to their advantage. I think through the first commentary says might even mention through the first 12, 14 minutes of the game. I think it was like 12, 13 shots to two for the Panthers. Um, they got themselves a couple of goals <coughs> and looked to have um, kind of tilted the tie. But from the real crucial point i suppose was it was the uh, the major penalty against the panthers and the giants being able to go on an extended power or an extended power play and get that goal just before the the period break was crucial and then like the giants tilted the ice the rest again i think the panthers had six shots through the the last 40 minutes of the game it was really it was belfast giants just all the way um it's a and a bit of a you could take all three games the same we put ourselves behind the eight ball we left ourselves with a bit of a hill to climb we showed the resilience we showed a bit of character we came back in all three games to win all three and i think adam keith might have said it in his post-match on the sunday night you can only and, and he said it a couple of weeks ago as well you can only do it so long you can only keep being resilient keep we're a team that looked tired on sunday night as he said and and been a lot of hockey four games and or three games in just over four days it was it was tough and you know I, I see people saying on the internet about how many imports we have registered this season or many how many we have in the books at the minute we're still playing short guys you know sunday night gabe bass didn't play and niles didn't play there they talk about Besco. he obviously isn't playing yet so you know we'll have had that bit of adversity as well and and came through it all so good to see us into the semi-final cup some absolutely brilliant players some great goals in that in that um Panthers game as well, and it's always good to beat the Panthers, isn't it? <laughs> oh, let's hope for more of that. Um, Joel, as we said, you know, the Giants going two goals down. The swing came initially on that major penalty against Puffer, and the fact that um, that uh, Scott Conway was able to get the goal on that, and that gave a sort of a, a beginning to what was just basically us taking control. I don't know if you could call it uh, prep, but I, I hastily scribble a couple of thoughts down just to jog my memory for whenever we're on the show. And that was literally the one story that the, the whole atmosphere, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole atmosphere inside that building changed whenever uh, Puffer hit Colin over at the at the benches. Um, 
it's you know it's a midweek game so it's tough even for supporters you know you most people don't have that sort of liquid courage that they maybe take before a big game it's not the same sort of atmosphere and, and whatever else and uh, and going kind of that, that extra little bit down at the start of the game the building was pretty flat um, and it sometimes needs something like that you know it was uh, and i'm sure we will talk about it at length later on it was a it was a horrible hit that that wasn't i think appropriately punished but um it certainly galvanized the whole building <clears throat> and i don't just mean on the ice that the feeling in the in the stands was tangibly different as soon as uh, that had happened and then puffer had been shown the door um the whole building began to rally uh then obviously i've talked about it a number of times this year um because scott conway hitting that power play goal in the 18th minute heading into the period break with with kind of that little bit of spark of hope um we talked about key moments to score big goals uh that's a massive in terms of the narrative of that game massive turning point with the major penalty spark of a goal that then and sees the crowd through into the second period and my goodness we knocked the bag out of them that second period the, the giants just had a, a flawless uh 20 minutes um uh, the the one thing possibly actually one of the nicest overall goals in terms of start to finish that i've seen this season um i think it was i think it was nice played this game right didn't they? it was it was yes. nice of course to turn over yeah. in the neutral zone uh find dark and jelly on the left hand side he dropped the pass back to kieran long for i think the made it 2-2 on the night. I'm not sure what on aggregate. Um, but we scored a couple of goals like that that were sort of full-line uh, contributions uh, over the course of the weekend. Um, and it's lovely to see that scoring coming from many more places other than the, the obvious ones. Um, but yeah, look, that, that was a fun night to be to be a Giants fan. Um, real lovely uh, feeling. And, and we absolutely charged the Panthers and certainly the cup for another year. <coughs> oh, David. Just the, the one point at the very start of the second period when we were 2-1 down, and I think it was on the highlights there, there's a breakaway and a massive save keeps us keeps us at two one and we're able yes. to go in and and build off that big momentum that that as Jules eloquently put there the big hit from Puffer changed the the dynamic of it <clears throat> then the power play goal from Scott Conway to, to, to sort of tilt the the axis back in our direction big save from the goaltender lets us go and and have that as, as you say almost flawless second period to Unreal. to come up with some big goals and uh, just turn the tie in our favor. Quite a bit of, uh, how do you say this professionally, whinging from um, from Alex DeBow in cases in, in, uh, where he, I assume he felt there was goalie interference going on, but nothing doing, Davey? That, you know, that the refs ref it. If, if there's goalie interference, they'll call it. If it's, you know, I see a lot of times, I've seen it in the NHL this week, I've seen it in the IHL mm. quite a lot. D-men pushing goalies into, or D-men pushing forwards or, email into uh, their own goaltenders isn't goaltender interference and you can cry about it all you want so i didn't see too much wrong it's also not goalie interference when the goaltender is charging out of his crease into the action well, that's the thing <laughs> like, quite I a mean... few times where he was at, where he was actually outside of the blue paint and yeah. then he's making contact going down and looking at the referee saying well, <laughs> now don't get me started I, I could go back to the conversation oh, I had with the now banned Omar Pasha, which is the um, <laughs> regards to the disagreement we had over the idea of goalies being fair game if they leave the blue paint. But um, we'll, we'll not get into that. But Joel, like you've said yourself, you know, as a marker going forward, we'll I'll, within the Challenge Cup and you know going into the game against the Dundee Stars, just the performance in the Giants having come back into it was was remarkable. 
the the untangibles of sport in general, not just hockey, uh, are are much bigger than people I think give them credit for. You can maybe sometimes be um, guilty of looking too hard into the X's and O's and and sort of the, the play on the night, but momentum is a hell of a thing. And once the ice starts tilting, you can ride that. And especially in hockey, when the games come so thick and fast, you know you maybe draw parallels with football and other sports where you have a big win and you have to wait the whole week and prep and whatever else. You're just immediately on to the next all the time, and and it sort of gives you that ability to ride your momentum through uh, through a, a number of games. And the Giants have been doing that for you know well over a month now. I can barely remember what it felt like to be looking at ourselves uh, in the lower mid table, going, "Goodness, how do we get this back?" Uh, the semi-final data will be against the Guildford Flames. Let's ignore the nonsense from their social media. 18th of January away from home and 25th of January at home, both Wednesday nights consecutive. So next Wednesday and the Wednesday after. And then, uh, and if we get through that, of course, we're top seed still. And we'll see how it goes when it comes to the uh, the final. Should we make it? Um, the highlights on that game are, as you can see, from our friends at Jans TV. And we move on. Um, the Belfast Giants return to league action just on the, the the Friday that followed to take on, guess who? The Dundee Stars. <laughs> Jeff Mason's <laughs> Dundee Stars. Another 5-2 game and uh, another game where the Belfast Giants went two goals down in the first period before they started to score. Ericsson and Dryden Dow scoring on the power play made it 2-0 to the Dundee Stars. And then the Giants woke up. And boy, did they wake up. Uh, Stephen Ari with a fantastic finish. And I want to come back to that goal because I thought even... Um, uh, David Goodwin's play to, to make that goal was brilliant. Derek and Jelly with the second. Lewis Hook with the game-winning goal. Stephen Ari with another fantastic goal, this time on the power play. And Will Cullen, a great performance from him, and an empty netter to make it 5-2. Peyton Jones in nets, 22, sorry, 21 goal, shots against, two goals against. Anton Svensson, the other side, 44 against, four, sorry, 44 shots on, four goals against. Chris Wells and Andy Dalton were your uh, referees. Joel, two goals down again. In the opening period before we woke up almost uh seemed to need adversity for the for the giants to kick into gear this season you, you almost need the 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 stakes to be against you um or at least it seems that way you know how many times this year have uh, i'd love to actually see that as as a as a stat if only we had a stack guy on the podcast um to see how many times that we've we've actually <laughs> been scored on first and won it just it feels like it's every game um yeah another another extremely uh entertaining game uh another character turnaround and, and i really do think two days down the line from that challenge cup turnover um maybe if this game was placed in in that pre-christmas period whenever the giants just weren't firing weren't sort of as galvanized in front of goal didn't have the depth of scoring that they currently do maybe that's a game where we let it get away from us whenever we go that 2-0 down um also I, lewis hook the 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 comeback, the return of Lewis Hook is so much fun to watch. He had an absolutely monstrous weekend yet again, a game winner here. Uh, and then obviously we'll go on to talk about the OT winner the next night. Dig up the tapes, Patrick. I'm pretty sure very early in Lewis Hook's career, I talked about him being, uh, still has the potential to go on and be as impactful as like Craig Peacock, who came to us as a kid from Peterborough and, and then in, in 11, 12. Uh, I know I never. I'm not digging up the up. tapes, but let's just say you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably don't actually. I probably never said it. Um, that he could be as impactful as, as that kind of brick core that we had and Craig Peacock firing along with Rob Dowd. And I'm seeing it now. Lewis Hook still has more to give. Absolutely awesome. Um, but yeah, look, Davy is, is is much better in terms of the read of the game at, at this than me. But um, the momentum carried us through that game. And uh, and I think earlier in the season, we maybe don't win that. 
David, what I've got from this as well, and I think I put on to our um, our WhatsApp or in regards to the way that the Giants played, is if we'd woken up and we were playing with a style and finesse, and the scoring was fantastic. That's a great goal there that you're seeing from Steve Horry. And I think um, it's Tyler yeah. Beskarwani, he's probably in commentary, and, and, and he says, but Stenson would probably want that one back. Um, he's, he's tight this post, and he shouldn't really be beat up either. Um, but and, and to go off what Joel was saying about Lewis scored the game, not the game winning goal, but the tie clinching goal against the Panthers, game winning goal against Dundee at home, game winning goal against Dundee away. So quite a quite a three Pete in a row there for for Hickey. So good for him. But um, <clears throat> again, the momentum thing we put ourselves behind. You know, behind again, two goals behind from little mental mistakes and, and over committing at times and, and we had to come then from behind and to, to come from two goals behind and you know what Paddy we talked about it on the night um, Dundee kept us really outside like this was a season high in terms of work rate this was a season high for us at home for hits it was a season high at home for us for block shots um, you know we had to work hard to get back into this game and go on to win it um, Dundee stars even from that little clip that's going on as we speak keep us perimeter very well and we had to do so much work down the half wall so much work around in the corners so much work we didn't get that many I think you'd said on Saturday night we're not getting any great A's here really worth talking about you know yeah. we had to really and that, that goes into what Adam Keith then says about Sunday night about it being tired we had to work so hard on Saturday night to, I, I know it ended up with a 5-2 win or whatever but you know um, and the score seems a lot more lopsided than perhaps the the um, the performance was um, hard hard work and sometimes when you work really hard to get your results and that, there again Peyton Jones coming up with a monster save when, when called upon um, yeah. player of the month will come on to Peyton obviously when he comes on the show later on but <laughs> big key saves at key times from, from both goaltenders to be fair on Sunday night um West had a couple of, and especially in overtime, which will come on to a massive save in overtime. So, you know, everybody's doing their little bit of job, but my goodness, it was a hard work performance on Saturday night, which goes into the why the guys were so tired come the end of Sunday. Yeah, definitely. And just I want to pick up, like you point out the Steve Arie's second goal. Steve Arie's first goal comes from David Goodwin picking up yeah. the puck up. In in center in the center in the center circle, and as quick as a flash, turning the defense in the attack with a quick with a quick turn, and then a lovely pass out the Ari who finishes beautifully, and just that was just the key and a kicker into the game, and that style and finesse that the Giants were playing with as that game went on. Derek and Jelly with a, a, a lovely finish and a lovely bit of a dancing. Is that so what good. that is? Is that what that YouTube <laughs> YouTube comment was? There, absolutely phenomenal, Sally. You, you talk. About, we, we we talk about the the penalty kill and the style of penalty kill, and even just the style, the, the general style of defense and, and offense that we play, where we play that sort of suffocating all in everybody to the the speed at which Goody identifies that we're losing the puck and and returns to center ice and picks off a, a loose pass. It's not even a loose pass, it's because because Goody's worked so hard to be the, the first man back in defense, picks it off, and then he's able to feed Steve Horry who. I, I don't know what wizardry it was to go around the D man, but um, and, and pop it up top shelf. But um, that hard work again, this to, to reiterate the, the the theme for me from Saturday night was the the work that guys put in, even a two 0 down. We weren't we're, we're never beat. That's the resilience that we've shown over the last sort of six seven weeks has been outstanding. Absolutely right. We'll move on. It was it was testing the final exchanges of that game, and uh, we'll bring that into the discussion for the next one. Because well, the highlights of that one obviously are from our friends at Giants TV, and we'll move on to the next game where we went back over to the DIA to face the Stars back at their barn, and it was another win for your Belfast Giants. That's pretty, isn't it? Cool. <laughs> hmm? 
Don't worry, Paddy. Just you keep <laughs> doing the show. <laughs> what, what did I? What did I miss, Jens? What did I miss? Me trying to have a drink, but just terribly. <laughs> oh, well done, mate. Well done. You get your <laughs> a three-two win in overtime for your Belfast Giants. Um, Dundee opening the scoring. A <laughs> very uh, made it one-nil for them. Uh, Will Cullen made it one-one and forty-three. And the Dundee Stars thought they'd won the game at 55-55 when uh, Baraja, um, Baraga, sorry, um, is that ba- Bariga? Bariga. That's Elijah it. Bariga. Let's get it right, Bariga, get it right eventually, Bariga. Patrick. Bariga made it 2-1. But two minutes later, Stephen Ari made it 2-2 and brought us into overtime. And Lewis Hook with his third goal of the, third goal of the week and uh, his second game-winning goal against the Stars in overtime to make it 3-2. Jackson Whistle on goal this time, 36 shots on, two, two went past him. Anton Svensson on the other side, 39 shots on, three went past him. Refs were Chris Wells. Uh, no, that's not right. Refs weren't Chris Wells and Andy Dalton because they weren't. There were two referees that I haven't written down anymore. It was, so it was um, Toby, oh, Craig. Toby Craig. And it was Toby Roger. Craig. Toby and Graham. And Toby Craig and Graham Roger. Atta boy, Davey. Clutch. It. Well done. <laughs> and uh, David, we'll, we'll come to you once again. The Belfast Giants go 1 0 down. We're struggling to get the openers. Yeah, and there's no rhyme or reason for it either because it's not like I don't believe that we're particularly coming out slower than anything. It's, um, it's just to say, for anybody that hasn't seen this, we Dahi came on to do the uh, the puck drop. And as we go on to talk about the game, he. Um, Dryden die goes to hand on the puck and we die. He drops the gloves with him, which was quite a quite an amusing moment for the young lad. Um, and well received, I think, by everybody. The Giants again, we, we came up with a, a little bit of a slow start and we had the battle back in this game. My goodness, it, it took the I think it was as you say 43 or 44 minutes. And mentioned in commentary by Big Dave Sweeten that the Giants put so much, so many high skilled players together, so many good rushes together. Like we we dominated the ozone there. That it took a bit of a, you know, it, it is nothing short of a fluke. Will Cullen dumps it in. Um, yep. Svensson has, if you see the angle from behind the goal, Svensson's tracking the puck to the corner to see where it lands, and it takes a stick, and it's it's on him before he gets. And I'm sure Peyton Jones will have a word about that. Just the difficulty, you know, the goalie hasn't made a mistake there. He's 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 done what he's supposed to do. He's tracking the puck, and it's it's gone in the rafters and got lost. So Giants go to one each, and then as you say, when we went two one down, it was oh dear, this is. But the 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 second equalizer for me is all Scott Conway. I know David Goodwin and Mark Cooper, etc. work really hard to get the puck back. But Cons goes in there with his head up the whole way and makes two D men overcommit and just slides it through the blue paint. Steve R. Yes, of course, has to be on the end of the score, but it's all by Cons. And just before that, there'd been a little bit of an altercation between Reinhardt and, and Ben Lake. And yeah. Reinhardt was chirping and chirping. They were going at and you know Scott Conway loves you know to give it back. <laughs> yeah. he no. it back. As soon as he scores, you see, watch when the replay comes on. He gives it back heaps, and as he skates past the stars bench, he's giving the older. Sorry, can't, can't hear you, boys. Can't hear. You. <laughs> so, so um, you know you love him. There's there's the there's the the, the dump in there. If you just watch Svensson night, just takes a wee look to see where it goes, and bang, it's in front of him. So it's 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 unlucky sometimes. Good to be lucky, lucky to be good. You know, the more you practice, the better you get. All this, you know, the Giants kept going, and you know. That was just a cross ice dump to, you know, try and set up zone position. But you know, you take those things and and you go with them. The overtime winner comes from a big seat. Actually, the the, the go ahead goal for the Dundee Stars, and it'd be interesting to get again opinion from Peyton on it. It's actually a bit of a poor shot from Sanj, which um, 
rather than kicking it clear and uh, you know with no pace on it, Jackson almost puts it back out in, in front and so I can't remember who scores for them. But sometimes it's easier to make a save from a good shot than it is from a bad shot. And unfortunately for Jackson, that one rebound goes out in front, they get ahead. But the third goal for us is off a great save from Whistle in overtime. And we're able to go one, two, one, two up the ice with Steve Ari and, and Hoogie. And, and as you say, the third game winner in, in three games. So good for him. It's, uh, there's a Conway one now. Yeah, love it. Love to see it. Resilient. <laughs> exactly the same as the other two games. Resilient. We showed a character, but we can't keep doing it. We can't, we can't, Joe. And I think that uh, that's the thing we need to be coming out from the start, uh, all guns blazing. Yeah, I know we've got our player of the month waiting in the wings here, so I don't have a great deal more to add <clears throat> to what was fantastic analysis there. Um, all I'll say is that at the end of the season, you don't look at the table uh, as a as a whole and uh, and look back on all the pretty wins that you had. Uh, sometimes you need to win greasy. And to be honest, there's a certain part of me. <clears throat> excuse me that that almost nearly enjoys winning greasy more than winning pretty um it's a great feeling to come back from from a road trip knowing that you've just ground one out those are the games that that uh, that make the difference when it's all said and done um and my goodness it doesn't get much more greasy, <laughs> greasy than that game on saturday um it wasn't pretty boys i don't think you'd sell a lot of dvds of it but uh the the resolve and the resilience of this team all throughout the week showed in uh, in spades during that that game on saturday um and a superb week from the belt Giants. Uh, the you say there's a you've there's an interview on this video, Davey? Um, in about five seconds. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, oh, nice nice stars, TV, stars TV with the highlights, of course. We'll have a word in just a second. Oh, is well, it coach, with Adam you know, uh, a game that was for a neutral, but uh, if one of the two points in the end in overtime, what's your reaction? Well, I think it was gutsy to come back like that. Uh, we're obviously a fatigued group right now. It was certainly not our best game. Our execution was poor. Um, I didn't hate our effort, but we looked like a fatigued, tired team out there. And, you know, they gutted that one out as, as, as ugly as it was. We got the job done. I got to credit them for that. Uh, we got to get some rest right now. Obviously, Jackson came up big there for us and gave us a chance to win that game. Now we got to get some rest and get ready, and we got to get back to playing uh, solid hockey. Is this a case of one of these games you've walked out with the two points in your uh, your, your plight to chase that title at, at the end of the season, and and when you might look back at back at that time and think, well, that was a huge two points. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's going to be times when we're not our best, and tonight was one of them. And they found a way to get it done, uh, but it's, it's not going to be sustainable in the long run. So we certainly need to clean up our game. Yeah, next up, Nottingham Panthers for you as well, and I presume you'll be expecting a better performance from your side. Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, this is their third game in, in four nights, so I'm not, I'm not oblivious to that. I understand that we're, we're a retired group right now, and we look like it tonight. Uh, so it's important to get some rest here and uh, get ready for a big weekend versus Nottingham. That's great. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Big thanks to our friends at Dundee Stars TV for that. Um, so those there are the three games. And uh, we're going to shoot on now with uh, the Player of the Month briefly. We're going to just bring up the statistics from the Player of the Month. Give me a second. Uh, there it is. Nice. 667 votes. 37.6% of it went to number 33. Peyton Jones, thanks to everybody who voted. And thanks to Phonica for sponsoring the award. And please welcome back to A View From The Bridge, your player of the month for December. Peyton Jones, how are you doing? What's up, guys? How are you doing? Hey, nobody. Yeah, doing really well. Congratulations on lifting the uh, on lifting the A View From The Bridge Player of the Month Award for December. Um, 
you had, you had a great month. Yeah, I um, good month for me. Good month for the team. Um, you know, we're uh, you know, like you guys said, the game on uh, uh, Saturday wasn't wasn't pretty, but it's nice that we're uh, you know we're able to uh, go in there and and get you know get a win at the end of the day. You know, not every game is going to be um, you know the perfect game uh, for a team, and it's <laughs> good to see that we're able to. Like you know, like Kiefer said, a tired group. We had three games and four nights. Um, we're we're able to go in there and get get a win. So that that was huge. And I think that we've had some uh, some kind of gutty wins in the past couple of weeks. But at the end of the day, wins are wins. They don't ask how. So it is one of the way of it where you know we're having these sort of three games and four nights, and so, and that's going to be continuing the next couple of weeks. How do you how do you pre- prepare yourself for those games? Uh, I think everyone prepares differently. Um, for me personally, I'm a big like rest and recovery guy. And I kind of like get myself ready, like, you know, leading up to the weekend and the games, you know, to make sure I'm getting my sleep, my nutrition, all that stuff that my body feels right. They say when the games are coming um, and, you know, you are putting that strain on your body that, you know, you you are rested up prior to that and you're, uh, you know, you're able to to take that strain, I guess, and then, you know, get, get rest that night and get ready for the next game that you have. But for me, definitely, it's kind of just, you know, getting, preparing before a couple of days before to, you know, make sure that my body and that, you know, I'm feeling good. Peyton, it was a little bit of baptism by fire in the Giants. You know, you came in and it was straight into CHL against some real high quality opposition and seemed to have settled, settled really well now in through December, some really, really good numbers, strong numbers. We were talking last week about, um, the new equipment arriving, and is that has that been as much psychological as anything, or or is is that a massive factor in the, the different style of equipment that you had? No, it's not. It's it's just equipment. I mean, I switched from Vaughn to True um, just because True is a is a stiffer pad, um, and I just the Vaughn stuff was kind of getting a little bit soft on me. And but it's I, I don't think gear really has. I mean. It, it, at the end of the day, it's you, you got to stop the puck, and you know there was a time there where I wasn't uh, as good as I wanted to be, and I'm uh, I'm glad I was able to uh, you know be good for the team and get to wins the last couple of, last couple of times I was in. Like we we were talking earlier on our little WhatsApp group, but would you come on? I was saying like I think it's, it's I can't remember now, Joe, whether I mentioned it was twelve and three or nine, twelve and three in domestic action through fifteen, and like since the start of December, it's been like nine forty five or something in and around just slightly less than two goals a game on free. So like the numbers have really got solid since the start of December. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it was a good month for me, um, but you know, that's kind of in the past and, you know, looking forward to uh, the next time that I'm in there uh, to do whatever I can to get a win for the team. Uh, Jonesy, welcome back on. Congratulations on, on the player of the month. I think it's it's hugely well-deserved um, for, for some of the performances and some of the kind of clutch moments um, that, that you, you pulled over the last kind of month or so. Um, off the ice and away from the ice, obviously, you're, you're now kind of midway through your first season overseas um, and we're on the other side of Christmas. Um, if we go away from the stress and, and all the, the seriousness of hockey for a minute, what was your Christmas like? Did you get some family over? I think I saw your brother in the arena at one point. Um, how, how was your first Christmas uh, being and overseas and obviously being away from home it was definitely different uh christmas is always at my house back home so the grandparents aunts uncles cousins everyone's there there's a huge group um but this christmas uh yeah my brother came out um my uh or my both my brothers my sister liana my mom and dad came out uh so they were here for probably two weeks um 
on our days off, we went to Galway, uh, oh, experienced that a little bit, oh, went to the North Coast. So we uh, just kind of was nice to, you know, have them in town. And, um, you know, obviously, like, Belfast is now my home, but, um, you know, it's always nice to have, like, you know, your family from home come out to uh, to see you. And, you know, I have my fiance here with me as well, so it's nice that she's yeah. uh, she's here. But it's nice to have, like I said, people from home home come out and uh, and visit you and especially spend the holidays and Christmas with you. Yeah, and, and it's uh, it's lovely to have have them over uh, and, and and be here. It's special for them as well to see you doing what you do over here in front of, of a massive crowd who obviously has your back. Um, I also I'm sorry I have to ask about your brother whenever you're on the podcast. Uh, your brother Nolan Jones <laughs> traded to the Colorado Rockies in November. Um, how's he doing? Uh, what what are his kind of aims and ambitions for the season ahead? Do you think he's going to work his way back into the the bigs? There's a hockey podcast, yeah. Yeah, just give me a minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's doing good. He's excited to uh, to be with the Rockies. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, he was with Cleveland for you know seven years, I think it was. So he had a lot of yeah. relationship with those guys and stuff. But he's excited for opportunity and a chance to yeah, you know, play in the MLB again and be an everyday big leaguer. Just it doesn't seem fair that the the talent that was handed out when the Jones boys were being born compared to me, Patty. It's it's just not right. Um, the last one for me. Sister, uh, sorry, go ahead. Is it your sister plays softball as well? Is she? Oh, yeah, goodness, she sorry, me. you're right. Yeah, she plays D one softball, Penn State, and then my little brother Andrew. He's uh he just turned nineteen. He plays uh D three baseball at Immaculata University, which is like right outside of football, so. I mean, I, 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 I doubt you've heard of the Neville family, but it sounds a bit like the Nevilles. With <laughs> yeah, it does with like Gar Gary and Philip Neville and, and, and Tracy Neville all playing top level sport. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're very fortunate. We're very fortunate to have an athletic family. Um, you know, my uh, we're like I said, we're uh, my, my sister. She's she's probably the most athletic. She's a softball player. Uh, she's you know vicious and everything. But it's been good growing up in an athletic family that you know we're all able to help each other, support each other. Uh, in the summer, I always go to Nolan's games. Uh, you know, when, when I go home, I'll be going to Penn State to see my sister Liana play softball, my brother Andrew play baseball. Uh, they watch all our games uh, online, and, you know, like having them here is awesome. So it's uh, it's a cool little thing, that you know, connection that you have with your siblings. Um, but it's, uh, it's it was nice to have them here for sure. Why I'll is it then time. that they – sorry, sorry just ahead. briefly. Why is it then that they've progressed with bat and ball, but you're on the ice? <clears throat> Uh, honestly, hockey was never in my family, and uh, my dad took me to a Flyers game when I was like four years old. His uh, one of his buddies gave him tickets, and uh, I fell in love with it and fell in love with goaltending. Uh, and then Nolan played hockey as well. Andrew played hockey. My sister Liana played field hockey, and they just all chose baseball. Like I come from a pretty uh, pretty big baseball football family. Uh, we all played football as well. My mom wasn't a huge fan of that with like all the hitting and everything, and kind of <laughs> eased us away and. Even me being a goalie, she was uh, she was pretty hesitant about it, but it was my uh, my dream, my passion, and so she let me follow through with it. But yeah, only one hockey guy, and the rest are playing uh, softball and baseball. Fantastic. We're gonna go to gonna go to a couple of ones from Twitter. We got CM here saying, "My question for Jonesy is, what is his favorite? What was his favorite part about Belfast, Northern Ireland, since moving here?" That's a good question. Uh, the golf's been cool. I will say I played Royal County down twice. I'm um, looking nice, forward nice. to play some more courses. We play Hollywood a bunch. Um, the golf's definitely been cool. Um, I think another thing is just like experiencing a different culture. You know, I've lived in, uh, I live in a, buff, a bunch of different States in America playing hockey. Um, but you know, kind of like every state is similar, but just moving out to different areas, um, you know, like coming to Europe, like driving on the left side of the road, um, left <laughs> side, or right side of the car, like that was a big difference. 
Uh, I feel like, you know, like things are a little smaller here. The foods can be different, you know, uh, sometimes like the breakfast and stuff. So I think just like experiencing something new um, and being able, like I said, my fiance is here, being able to do it with her. I think that's definitely the coolest thing. I don't think there's like one thing in Belfast, obviously, besides Knights of the SSC that, you know, have really like that are like my favorite. But I just, you know, there's a bunch of stuff here that uh, I really like. And it's been uh, been awesome experience so far. One from uh, from Kevin Madden. Would you rather face mm. a longer three and three overtime or penalty shots? Oh man, a longer. Would you say a longer or a longer? Like a, a lot? No, no, not longer and three on three. Would you rather face <laughs> a longer period? Of oh, three on three overtime. I thought you said or longer. Would you, longer yeah, penalty shots? Like, long, you can change it. Would you rather face longer <laughs> in three and three overtime? Yeah, no. Yeah. Ask him. Ask him how he did today in the shootout of practice. Not really oh, long. nice. <laughs> Breakfast on longer, is it? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, like probably a shootout because I look at a shootout as like it's me versus the shooter, right? Like it's you know it's you know one of us has got to win, and you know I'm going to do everything I can to be the guy to win that. You know, in a three on three, like there could be a two on a wide man rush where it's a backdoor pass and the goalie doesn't have a chance. I feel like a shootout, it's, you know, goalie versus player, like everything's even. It's just whoever's going to win. One makes a save or one scores, you know. And like, one we've got here from from Daniel Bars, which is that uh, you know asking about the addition of Tyler Besker Owani obviously brings extra competition for the slot. Is that driving you forward? Um, Honestly, I've always been the kind of guy that, you know, I – go to the rink every day, work hard, do my job and try and save the puck and be a good teammate to, uh, to the guys around me. Um, you know, regardless of if I'm in net, Wiss is in net, Best goes in net or Dick goes in net, like I'm going to be the biggest fan and cheer for them, want them to win. Um, you know, having Besco there has been awesome. He's a great guy, but you know, for me, I'm nothing really changes. I'm going to, you know, when I'm called upon, I'm going to go in there and, you know, do the best I can and try and get a win for the team. And when I'm not, I'm you know going to be there supporting those guys and, you know, working hard to be ready for the next time that I am called upon. I, Peyton, my my last question was going to be something similar along that line. It's just that the dynamic. How much fun has it been working with like Deco and West so far? And you and West have obviously West has had slightly more games, not that many more. So you've sort of one for one. You've been going, and then um, Besco obviously coming in for a young guy like yourself, having someone with the experience. Of, of many leagues around the world that Besco's had on winning championships and being an assistant coach, just having that experience to lean on and learn from. It's been awesome. I mean, like the first day he was here, we we're talking about different goalie coaches we've had, um, you know, what we learned from them, uh, what the, you know, uh, you know, what mentally, physically, like what, you know, what they took from them, the impact they left. And then, you know, Wiss is just a great dude. Dicko is the man. I love him. Um, he's great. <laughs> I love chatting it up with him. Uh, the other day we were watching darts on the bus, like just, yeah. yeah he, he's, he's a good dude. I love having Dicko around, just, you know, talking. How you doing, mate? Like, ah, oh, just, you know, always checking. You might go around and play in Joel's room there. He's just put his dartboard up so you can well, go yeah. and play in, have a anybody who wants to. Yeah, hey, the first game I ever played Dicko and darts, I beat him. So if you guys talk to him, ask him about that as well. Uh, do you know what? He will not have taken that well either. Like, he, he no, probably he didn't smiled well and, like, all. he styled it out, but he was pissed. <laughs> Never played darts. Uh, that was uh, that was a big win for me. That's not Jones DNA, man. <laughs> he was quite surprised. I was asking the rules as we were playing. <laughs> That's such a tough look for Deco. Man. Yeah, that was that was a tough loss for him. But maybe I shouldn't have said that. He's gonna kill me tomorrow if he hears this. <laughs> yeah, we're going straight to him with that. Uh, David, do you have any follow ups? 
No, no, Joel, don't man, no. Sorry, uh, just one more for me. Uh, you're uh, just an interesting guy to chat to in general, but um, look, I, I don't profess to be an expert when it comes to, to goaltending uh, in ice hockey or in the elite league, but um, one thing that I guess maybe that I've noticed, I don't know whether it's something you've developed or, or have been working on or I've just picked up on it, but over the last month, it seems to correlate with, with these kind of... Um, you know, showstopper performances that you've been putting in. I feel like you're that you play aggressive almost. You're you're very decisive when it comes to breakaways. Whenever somebody's bearing down on you, um, you, you're not afraid to come out and get in a in a player's face. Is, is that something that that has been that you've been conscious of that you've been working on, or is it just something that I'm seeing for the first time? That's actually pretty good for a non non a non goalie guy to see. Let's that. go. Yeah, that's that's big. I mean, I don't know if it's it was like a huge change, but something that I did notice in the in my video that I was watching uh, is that uh, you know probably a month or two ago I was finding myself a little deeper in the net, and that's just something that you know you it's like it, it's hard because you have to kind of like feel it out. But there were plays where you know I was like ah oh, maybe I can take take a step out there. So then in practice when I was working on different situations. I was kind of like trying to get, you know, even further outside of that. So yeah. a little further outside my comfort zone. So then when the game came, you know, even if I wasn't that far out, I was still further than I was before, if that makes sense. So I was like, you know, more comfortable um, at that depth, we call it, uh, in the goaltending world. Um, but for me, I think that it's just, you know, like getting out, like I'm a big body, um, just getting out, like taking up net and, you know, trusting my, uh, my instincts and, you know, my feet, my speed that I'm able to, you know, get across and make, you know, some of those saves. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, goaltending is just about, you know, doing everything you can to keep the puck out of the net. And sometimes it's not the prettiest of ways, but you know, if you, you know, just try to do whatever you can to, to keep it out. And I've been just, uh, yeah, trying to do that and get wins for the team. So. Listen, mate, we really appreciate you coming and joining us. One more thing before you go. Obviously, we've got the two games coming up against the Nottingham Panthers. Do you guys know, like, obviously, we've got you know, a wealth of goalkeeping to, to select from here. Your preparation is no doubt going to be the same. Are you able to, do you know when you're playing or is it a last-minute decision? Yeah, Kiefer will usually let us know later on in the week. Um, yeah, he'll, uh, it, it all depends. Um it's just whenever I guess he feels, but like I said, for me personally, I've always been, you know, always prepare like you're playing because, you know, you never know something just one of the other guys that's supposed to start could get sick and then you got to jump in the game. And, you know, so I've always been the guy prepare like you're playing all week. Um, like I said before, and, you know, go to the game. And if you're not playing, you know, be uh, be the number one cheerleader for the guy who is and for your teammates out there. And if you are, go out and try and do your thing. Do you ever, sorry, sorry to jump in, Patty. I find sports, the psychology of that quite interesting. How you keep yourself up. So like you, you prepare all week like you're playing and now the dynamic, you, you might not even be backing up. You could, you know, could be best going with or whatever and you say you'll be the number one cheerleader. I've seen I've seen it in the <laughs> in the Friendship 4, actually. Um, one of the goaltenders came out and got pulled after like a period and he stood on the by the bench and he was the number one cheerleader like every goal that went in every big save he was so positive as soon as the quinnipiac whenever the one first player on the ice to the other goaltender is that just a mindset that you can put because there's, there's got to be disappointment as well inside that you 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 you'll want to play every single game every night yeah i mean you do want to play every game every night but for one that's not possible but i will say yeah. like you know, for example, for like a game where I would get pulled in in, uh, in Coventry when we won, 
you know, like obviously when I got pulled after the first period, I wasn't happy. Like I'm not happy yeah. to give up three goals and get pulled. Like that's, yeah. that's the reality of the thing. Any goalie who's tells you he's happy to give up three goals and get pulled, like they shouldn't be a goalie. Right. Yeah. So there's a part there, there's, there's the moment in time where like you're pissed off and you're like, you know, this, this sucks. Like I don't, whatever. But then, you know, that's five, 10 minutes. Then you go out for the second period when you're on the bench. And like I said, at the end of the day, you have to get a win and you're down for whatever it was three, one, like I was cheering for Wiss to go out and get us a win. And, you know, supporting the guys and on their way to do that. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, like I said, I'm not happy to get pulled or to not play, but at the end of the day, that's the coach's choice. That's out of my control. Like my, my dad always says to me, like, control what you can control. And, you know, that's yeah. when I'm in the net, do everything I can to, to be the best that I can be. But, you know, when I'm not cheer on that guy, because, you know, I know, I know what it's like to be a goalie and I know what that other person's going through. And, you know, it's especially going into a game, like it's, it's not easy. And when I, like when, when I got pulled in Coventry, like I felt bad for Wiss because you're sitting on the bench for a period, and 20 minutes in that rink, freezing, freezing. and then you're getting cold. You got to go in the game. Like it, it's not easy. Like it is, yeah. it is hard. Like it. Is, let me tell you, sitting on the bench for 20 minutes and then having to go in the game and go get a win is not easy. So, like I said, there's that moment in time where you're you're not happy because um, you got pulled and you let your team down and stuff. But then there's you know you switch to that mindset of hey, like we got to get a win and. I'm going to cheer for Wiss and, um, you know, hope that he can pull it out for us and that the guys can, you know, get a couple goals, get us back in it. We can find a way to win. So, yeah. Cheers for that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Listen, man, we've taken up more than enough of your time tonight. We really appreciate you joining us. Hopefully we'll get to see you between the pipes this weekend and uh, best of luck going forward. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me. It's good to see you. Thanks, Jules. Thank you. Good massive guy, thanks to Peyton Jones guy. great attitude you know what I have to say like that's we're seeing some really good things coming through on Twitter people making comments about you know his attitude the way he's doing it, the way he's putting it forward and, and I think the attitude of the guy the way he approaches the game psych, the psychology you've pointed out there Davey very very impressive yeah yeah because I personally I, I probably have a you know you, you think you've got a strong mindset until something comes along and just upsets your balance. Um, and like, I know as I get older and, um, you know, maybe have him pick for football or whatever on Saturday and, and he'll say, you know, he, he can turn it around in sort of 20 minutes, deal with it there in the present and then, you know, sort of move on. I can't, it ruins my week. You know, it's, I, I can hold on. I can hold on to that hot coal and it's not, it's not, it's not good for you. It's, it's just interesting. And it's interesting as well. We've had yes, there'll be times the goaltender lets the team down, but there'll be times the defense lets the goaltender down. And we've pulled goalies a few times this season, and we spoke on the podcast about it during the week and said, "Well, that wasn't necessarily the goaltender; that was a wake-up call from Adam Keith the mm -hmm. the whole team, not just the the two D men partnerships, but the whole team. That you've got to step up your game here, lads." So, yeah, really interested in the psychology of that. Super guy, and I'm really, really glad he won Player of the Month. Absolutely. Very well deserved. We got just a bit of a hello to our a good friend of us all, Mr. Kenny Bickerstaff, who was messaging, messaging oh. me during oh, that interview. Okay. And basically saying how good and so that he's uh, properly motivated and switched on to the team. It's something that you really, really love to see, Joe. Yeah, 100%. Uh, just, and it, Davey's 100% right. Uh, well, I was going to say it's it's the difference between me and a professional athlete. It's one of the many, many differences <laughs> between me and a professional athlete. But uh, I, I I like to always jam it in when we're, in, we're doing our game analysis. And partly because I'm terrible at reading the X's and O's and I'm not a great hockey mind, but also because those intangibles make up such a big part of, of success within a team, success within a room. Um, you know, it, it would be easy to, to jump to the narrative 
of that, oh, you goaltender comes in, everyone else is threatened, whatever else. Proper team guys, guys who care about the team and care about the mission, um, I guess are willing to kind of roll with that and, and be useful where when they're called upon and stay ready the rest of the time. It just just a real... I, I think the guy's going to have an unreal career. Uh, you know, he's still very young. I think he he reminds me of the, the the young kids that you see in the Friendship 4. You can always tell when you go and do, you guys will know as well, when you go and do Friendship 4 post-game interviews, you can always tell the the young players that are destined for bigger things. They're, they just, the way they carry themselves, the way they speak, their mindset, their personality, um, it's beyond their years. And I've had that that sort of sense of Peyton since he, since he joined the Giants. Um, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I think he's going to have a great career. Um, hopefully, hopefully in Belfast, but but probably around the world, you know. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's <clears> big thanks there. to him for coming on. I always, I always love that sort of those comparisons, Joel. You know, between you and a and a professional athlete, it's like me. You know, between <laughs> between me and Kenny Dalglish, together we have a hundred and two international caps. If you add them together, <laughs> we have a hundred and two international caps. Me and Kenny Dalglish, as as we did at the Friendship Four at our impromptu, um, yes, APFTB. Me and Aaron Murphy have covered uh, five Olympic games. You know, phenomenal, David. Uh, phenomenal. You have, have yeah. to tip your cap. Very, very true. Very, very true. Right. Let's before we get to the news, Joel. We have there was a bit of Belfast Giants news that took place in 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 the last few days, and that was the addition to the roster of Henrik Eriksson, a uh, a twenty seven year old centre and winger uh, from Sweden. Um, he's joining us from Lillehammer. Uh, and I think he said we did invite him to come on the show today. He said a very busy day today. There's a bit of um, registration and stuff that had to take place today. So unfortunately, it's I think it's unfair. It's now ten to ten that we ask him to come on now. But hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we we are able to join it. Yeah, sorry, he is able to join us. But his stats at Lillehammer were thirty points. That's fourteen goals, sixteen assists across twenty nine games, and. We were talking last week about you know David about Tyler Beskarwani and you know, whether it was he the right player to come in. Well, um, we were looking for maybe a goal scorer or a defensive player. We don't uh, okay, not a defense. We, this isn't a defensive player. This is a goal scorer. I think it's ironic that we've brought this guy in now when we see the likes of Ari and stuff who are you know stepping up and scoring. We're seeing a little bit more of depth of scoring over this week. But apart from that, Ericsson looks like a great addition. Wake up call, isn't it? It's, yep. it's you've no you've no longer got uh, you do, you don't have chances if you're not playing well you're not contributing you'll be sitting watching now um, once everybody's fit obviously Donovan Niles came in and, and took a bit of a knock gave past didn't play on Sunday night so I don't know what the status of those players is going forward in this weekend but once everybody's fit we'll, we'll be carrying those extra guys so it means if you're not contributing you're not playing you, we, we talked last week about the not getting the depth and scoring Derek Angeli comes up with a goal fed by David Jabir David Jabir scores. Derek Angeli leads the team in shooting for the season. 12, 12 shots, I think he had on goal on, I'm going to say Saturday night. Um, it might have been Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember. I think it was Saturday. Um, so, you know, he's, he's grasped the net all there and said, I'm going to have to, going to, have to step up. Um, and that goes right through the roster. Tyler Soy is obviously out injured at the minute. I'll be looking to come back in as soon as he's fit again. So these guys who are in the bottom six, if you like, the top six have been scoring and scoring consistently pretty well through the season. Uh, that Mark Cooper back with Lewis Hook and, and um, Ben Lake has been great. I think Ben Lake at the weekend, you do, we've, we've waxed lyrical there a wee bit about um, you know Lewis Hook doing so well and different players doing really well. Ben Lake created so much space 
created so many chances for the guys by working hard, getting recycling the puck, retaining the puck, giving the puck to the day, and just letting them do their thing. So like he's been really good. So that top six has been really, really strong. The bottom six is where we've talked about it week on week. We weren't getting the third line score and weren't getting the fourth line score. And in this last couple of games or last couple of weeks, when we have been up against it, those guys have come up with goals. So, you know, they're on their notice, if you like. And I don't mean that in terms of you're going anywhere. I just mean they're on notice that there are other guys here coming in, looking to play, and who are coming in with CVs as well, like Anjali and Gilbert and Soizy. And all these guys came in, and we've talked about it ad nauseum through the winter. They've all came with CVs. They're all in this roster for a reason. They've all been picked by Belfast, by Steve Thornton, by Adam Keith for a reason. They have none of them that aren't scoring have become bad players. They have to stick with the process and believe in themselves that what they've done so far in their career is why they've got to this point in their career and keep going. But now they have someone else to contend with, and that's pro sports. And you know, it's it's kind of made the best man win because we need the best man on the ice to you know be provided. Interestingly, looking at some of the statistics, Joel, you know, in the in the second the second level of Nor- Norwegian hockey, which I'm sure is quite high as it is, <clears throat> but he's he's scoring more or less two two points a two points a game, you know, fifty five points from twenty five games in twenty twenty one, and then twenty twenty he had sixty points off twenty nine games. You know, the guy knows where the goal is and he knows how to provide. Uh, you're probably looking at a mid-season pickup there with Pickenich numbers. Uh, I don't know if that's yeah. a hot take or not, but you, you're, you're bringing a guy to slot into the top line with Pickenich numbers. And from uh, from his his chats to the press this week and the, the interview in the Bell Tell today, um, it could be someone qu- like David Goodwin and like other players that we've had in the past that, that is a mid-season pickup that becomes a cornerstone of a successful hockey team. Um, I don't think he made much of a, um, a secret about you know looking for a home, looking for somewhere to play his hockey. Um, so I, I hope and pray that that everything just falls into place for him here in Belfast and, and that he, he decides to stick around. Um, if you can build your team around a top line with that kind of points production, you're always going to be you're always going to be successful. Um, and a really quick point just on, on the on the wider sort of uh, there's a lot of stick and a lot of muck gets thrown around whenever teams are, you know, going to the market midseason and and, <coughs> and whatever else. Um, and rightly so. That's that's easy. That's easy fodder uh, for for the other teams uh, for, for whatever. But um the, the thing the thing to me I, the takeaway for me is that the ownership of the Belfast Giants has associated success on the ice with success in the business of the Belfast Giants and that sounds so obvious sports team yeah. being successful means that they're going to generate income sounds so obvious look around the league not everyone has learned that lesson not everyone is brave enough to invest not everyone's brave enough to make the jump and say look Let's go for it. If we need tools here to bring silver to this barn, let's go and find it. Um, and I think in the in the footfall, in the numbers through the the doors over Christmas, and the investment in the facilities, um, and the ongoing, I would say, growth or resurgence of the Belfast Giants over the past five years, it has come because Robert Fitzpatrick, the Odyssey Trust, and the the coaches, Steve, whoever, have uh, have not been afraid to invest in the on ice product. Um, and fans aren't stupid, you know. They talk about people coming for a night out, yes, whatever else. But I'm not paying to come watch the Giants get stuffed, you know. I want to see a team that's going to be up there winning cha- championships every year. Um, it's We're a lesson from- in sport that so many different teams haven't learned, and I'm just glad that we have uh, an ownership group brave enough to put their eggs in the basket and see what happens. And 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 go put put people off ice in positions who get the club. Like people who are out there yeah. and earning the money to put the players on the ice, 
Yep. And, that, yeah, that's it. and it comes with sponsorship as well. You know, I think you'll know him. Yeah. Look, look no further than big than, happy uh, birthday. Yeah. Big, 50, uh, big happy, happy 50th, by the way. Happy, yeah. Happy 40th again to Simon Kitchen. But that's it. You've, you've got a guy there who's <laughs> a Northern Irish hockey lifer. He understood the intricacies of the game long before the Belfast Giants were even a grain of an idea. Um, so if you've got that guy courting sponsors and working those relationships and generating revenue, it's not just the all-nice product. Absolutely valid point. But um, it's it's putting the right people with the right passion and the right jobs. And anyway. You, and I think, you, But you're absolutely right. You look at the two games that took place in the last week, 5,000 through the door to see the Nottingham Panthers on Wednesday, 5,000 mm-hmm. through the door to see the Dundee Stars on on Friday. And you know, and that's exactly the way. Yes, we're coming out of the Christmas period, whatever, but that's the way. But you look at the game that took place in Nottingham at the first leg and they got 2,000 in that cavernous barn to watch us in the first leg, you know, but that's because at this moment in time, they're not doing very well and you know, they're not pulling the results. You know, in the past, we've talked about you know bringing in the the Sean McMorrows and the Jason Rushtons and having that sort of slap shot approach that you know punch ups bring put bombs on seats and to an extent that is true, but nothing nothing puts bombs on seats more than a successful team. Obvious. If you have, if you're winning championships, people like to see success and and success breeds more success. And uh, yeah, Henrik Eriksson has come in and we'll see what comes from it. Julie, time for some news. Yeah, let's go real quick. Um, this past week in the Viaplay Elite Ice Hockey League on Thursday, the Cardiff Devils downed the Sheffield Steelers 3-1 in Wales in the only game of the day. On Saturday, the Guildford Flames travelled to Nottingham, needing the shootout to secure their two points on the road. The Glasgow clan were beaten 3-2 at home by the Manchester Storm. More on that in a second. And the Fife Flyers made the Steelers work for it, with Sheffield coming away from the Kingdom of Fife with a 3-2 victory. Um, on Sunday, the clan travelled to Coventry, losing 4-1 to the Blaze at the Skydome. Uh, the Storm returned home to lose 4-1 to the Devils at the Drizzle Dome, and the Flames did the double with a 5-4 win over the Panthers back at the Spectrum, sending them back to the top of the standings. And just on that note, Paddy, for those of you keeping score, that was four losses in a week for Corey Nason's Nottingham Panthers, three in the league, mm-hmm. one in the cup, and they picked up a single point from that shutout loss at home to the Flames. Um, cup semi-final dates, I don't know if you've seen this on the EHL website, the dates for the semi-finals of the 2023 Viaplay Challenge Cup have been agreed and confirmed um, semi-final one uh, <laughs> in, in no other league would you get a cup semi-final round taking nearly a month, um, the 18th of January, Guildford versus Belfast at half past seven, that's at the Spectrum, 25th of January we host the Guildford Flames at seven o'clock at the SSE and the other semi-final, 25th of January Fife hosts Sheffield at half past seven and the 15th of February so your first semi-final is on the 18th of January and the second one is on the 15th of February. Sheffield versus Fife at half past seven. Um, their aggregate scoring over two legs again, home and away series, and the highest seed remaining in the final has the option of hosting it. So um, all that, all, also that to play for. And um, the date for the final will be confirmed in due course. Um, uh, this is the part where uh, I've been looking forward to this one, actually. I know there's going to be hot takes. Uh, we've got some dops this week. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Craig Poffert's hit on uh, Will Cullen. Uh, has generated a lot of chat. Um, do, you, do you have a video, Paddy? I do have the video. Bear with me. Let's get this video up. Everybody just chill for a second. Um, there we go. So, yeah, we, we've all seen it, I'm sure, by now. Um, you might have to kill the other <laughs> uh, Colin arrives at the loose puck along the boards um, at, at the at the benches in the neutral zone with Puffer approaching shortly after. As Colin makes a play on the puck, Puffer elevates unnecessarily, launching up and into a check that makes significant contact with Colin's head. This is charging. Um, Dobbs also says it's important to note that this is not a case of the player elevating slightly as part of a natural hit. 
Um, nor is it a case of a player coming off the ice after contact because of the force of the collision. If Puffer wishes to deliver this check legally, he must stay low and hit through Collins' shoulder or core rather than elevating upwards and into his head. Um, they say he's not been fined or suspended, um, and he is effective immediately as of last Thursday, uh, fined and suspended for one game. One game, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> what are what are our thoughts? I go. Can I go first? Absolutely. Nonsense. There, there it is. There, he's off his feet and it's directly to the head. That's a check. That's a check to the head. Like, there's, there's, you can downgrade it and you could try to put it. Over, and the key points here, this is charging. It begins as charging. Absolutely, it does. <clears throat> and there's the point that it doesn't become charging because you've elevated into the head of Will Cullen. That's it. You, you judge it on. You judge it on the check to the head. You do it as a check to the head. You don't downgrade it based on what it started as charging. Nonsense, Davy. Um, I think I said my piece to use on, I don't know if it was you and Joel or, or a different WhatsApp group, Paddy, um, that the rule in the WIHF rule book is that it, it meets all the criteria for charging until you hit the head. And it's, it's quite clear in the rule book that any contact of the head is then superseded. This, the charging rule is superseded by hits the head rule. It was called the check to the head mm. on the night. The officiating team got it cracked on the night. Um, I I can only imagine that the the fortunate what appears to be the fortunate lack of a serious injury to Will Cullen has made them think. Well, then we'll give it as small a you know a sanction as can. I think they have gone to their tariffs to find the lowest suitable tariff that fits. It's not charging; it's a hit to the head. And if you go to the rule book again, hitting to the head. Is the is the the rule that applies in this case? I can't. I think that's it. Really, yeah. I think it's just uh, like we haven't seen it. We haven't seen hiding our hair adopts for about a month, and they come back with this <laughs> unbelievable extended Christmas holiday. Uh, yeah. So what's what what's your take, Joel? Yeah, I just I've seen much bigger bans given, um, and I and I don't know. Again, I'm not a smart man. Um, I don't know how much injury is a mitigating factor. So if Will Cullen had, it's not um, anymore. Yeah, so if he had gone down there with a with a concussion, if he'd have been out indefinitely, we've just seen the best defenseman in the league have to retire. You know, because of of head injury. Obviously, different circumstances, but the seriousness of it. Um, I, I I haven't in person. It's been a long time since I've seen a hit that just looked so targeted, um, launching himself just two feet off the ice. Um, very very surprised by, by one game. However, uh, take the situation what it is. Will Collins okay? Thank goodness. And it was for me anyway the spark that turned that game around and, and put the Belfast Giants into the semi-finals and the Nottingham Panthers out. Um, wait wait wait. Look up. So I um <laughs> I, I I find the WhatsApp group and I find the message sent the other day and. So charging in the WIHF book, it clearly says this rule is superseded by all similar actions regarding an illegal hit to the head. They literally say in their PR that it's a hit to the head and he elevates and blah, blah, blah. They, 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 keep, they repeat again and again, it's a hit to the head, but we will ignore actually. Am I asking for whoever made this decision to clarify? No, because they're not going to, but they've left enough gray area which is what I suppose keeps gives us something to talk about as well. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, it keeps Twitter alive, it keeps podcasts alive. But you know, it's a hit to the head, and God you know, we picked up time before. We can do it again. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, we, we shall move on, boys. A uh, couple another, a couple of bits, and, and we'll wrap up. Uh, now, gentlemen, uh, my favorite thing possibly this season. Um, never let it be said that the Viaplay Elite League isn't an incubator of pure innovation. Uh, the, the Paddy Dyer butt goal, Derek Campbell taking a penalty shot into his own face, uh, the Joe Grimaldi stump. Well, this week saw the boundaries get pushed further than ever before. You're three one down. There's ten minutes to go. You scrape three, two one down. back. Oh, you're three one down in the with ten to go. Oh, sorry. And then you, you scrape one back in the 58th minute. Desperate times call for desperate measures, boys. And I don't know why of the great coaches that have lived throughout generations why nobody's ever thought of this just pour seven out skaters onto the ice and uh got your got your time goal paddy your for, for those who can't see it, the, the glasgow clan were were uh absolutely enraged that this was called uh that this was washed off and that uh too many men call were given with seven out skaters paddy you said it on twitter it makes it even funnier that they're all celebrating they're all celebrating <laughs> Oh, they're all celebrating. Like, yeah, seems busy on here, boys. But either way, fantastic. Uh, yeah. What, what what I don't get is like I, I need to watch the video back of this. Also, if you look in the picture, the guy down in the bottom left, like you can see how many players are out there. You mate. can see everyone. You, you, you can, can count them. You're, what do you do? Yeah. You think to yourself, there's something wrong here. But surely, <laughs> surely, when they did the celebration and they huddled and then skated past the bench, they went, "Oh, there's nobody uh, here." Why is there? <laughs> Why is there like a million of us? <laughs> What's going on here? Oh, Why is there nobody on the bench? Just an absolutely have, wonderful have, moment. Have we ascertained did they even pull the goalie? Oh, oh possibly. Sorry, there may have, have been, have been a, there may have been a goalie uh, gone. Two, which but there's still so there's still no. So there might be it in the ice. Yeah, there might be it. There might be <laughs> somebody who was at that game. Let me know if there was a goal. I would assume. I would assume they've. I assume what's happened here is they've pulled the goalie and they've accidentally put two players on instead yeah, of one. Yeah, that's. And there's uh, been a change. Although, there's been a bit of a mix-up. But it's one, a fact one had gone here. and then the goalies came off. It's just. It's just a. Yeah, one had gone. Confusion. The goalies come off and then somebody went. Oh, the goalies come off. I better get on. But, Never uh, let rhyme and reason get in the way of a really funny photo, though. That's one of one this of is, the this biggest is, laughs. It's exactly you're exactly right, Joel. This is one of the photographs. This is one of the issues like in 10 years' time and you're likely they'll go, Do you remember when Clan thought they'd scored with that seven that's on the ice and they were all celebrating? Uh, I had a real good time with that. Anyway, sorry. Uh, and finally, and then we'll I'll shut up. Uh, special congratulations to Dan Champini. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, according to the Sheffield Star this week, um, scored two goals and three assists last Saturday as the Sheffield Steelers beat the Five Flyers. You might be thinking, solid shift. Congrats to the kid. You have to tip your cap. Uh, what's even more incredible is that they only scored three goals. So three assists and two goals in a three-goal well game. Bob. Wayne Gretzky could never. Um, so Dan Dan Champini, tonight's show is dedicated to you. What a shift yeah. from the big man! And that what, is a, what a shift! <laughs> well done, well done, Bob Westerdale. Three goals scored, <laughs> three goals scored, but five points dished out to one player. Uh, anyway, nice one, Joel. Thanks for that. Um, we're going to wrap up. Uh, just a quick chat. Then Belfast chance take on. Who do they take on? The Nottingham Panthers this weekend in a double header at the SSE Arena. Friday, 7 p.m. and Saturday at 7 p.m. at the SSE. Nottingham Panthers. And if you can't get down there, Giants TV. Um, is this the first double header for a single team this season? Like at home? No, we I don't had, remember there being we, like a, a we had a we had a zero point weekend. Uh, against the storm. Manchester oh, against the Manchester Storm. Storm. You're absolutely right. Well done. So Joel. yes, it is the first double header against a single team. Yep. 
Don't so yeah, <laughs> Nottingham Panthers on a bit of a bad per, uh, sorry poor run of form at the minute. Not many wins over the last ten games, which Davy is no doubt delighted by. But what optimism again, Davy? I'll take. I'll go to you on this. What optimism do you take from the performance that we had against them last Wednesday? Yeah, um, I think that the away leg in the Challenge Cup we showed that you know. Attrition got against us. I think the, the lack of bodies caught up with us that game, but we could have won it. The league game away, had there been another couple of minutes in the game and we were really short that night, had there been another couple of minutes, we'd have won it. We beat them handsomely at home the other night. Make no mistake, after that first 15 minutes where we pretty much were on penalty kill duty for the for the whole of the first 15 minutes of the game, we give them sick. We give up six shots through the last forty minutes of that game. Now, how much was that down to the Nottingham Panthers thinking, "Oh, we're three goals up here. Let's shut it down." Because you said whenever they scored that second, great. We'll just have to watch forty minutes of trap now. Trap, you know, trap, and, trap. and 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 how much they, and then once Joel talked about it earlier, momentum's a big thing in hockey. Once you take your foot off the gas, it's sometimes very very hard to get it back on again. Now, I think that we, they were gifted a bit of a start on on last Wednesday night, and but I think in the second period we showed what a good hockey team we are. And um, as you say, with the, the new Ricard Palmberg coming in, Henrik Eriksson coming in this weekend, and um, you know, um, hopefully get Bass back in the lineup, other bodies fit, selection headaches for Adam Keith, good, good selection headaches, and he's got that very difficult selection headache between the pipes as well. Both guys going really well at the minute, Besco coming back in. So, you know, they're all these are all positive things which will give the coach good headaches. Um, this team's built for success hope not scudding anything there we have shown over the last month what a good resilient strong character hockey team we are and now as bodies get fit and competition comes within that roster you need to be seeing the elite guys step up and like you look at the plays scott conway some of the plays scott conway made over the weekend you talk about ben lake hooky steve Ari with some unbelievable players david good when you talked about his plays we've talked all the jigsaw pieces are there just to make this puzzle. So I don't want to say too much more. Excited for the weekend games going up. Six losses in the last 10 games for the Nottingham Panthers. Joel, I listened to um, our friends at the Cats Whiskers and they had a podcast there the other night and, and they were talking about, you know, <clears throat> what needs to change and what they need to bring in. And there was the call from bringing in players. And the fact that we've brought in Henrik, Eric, Henrik Eriksson, you could see, like, on Twitter, some of the Panthers fans just linking to that saying, hello, wiki, wiki, Nottingham, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we need, we need changes. Uh, and they're on this bad run of form at the minute, which is fantastic. But, you know, it's... Uh, uh, it's interesting as well because a lot of them talk about you know Corey Nielsen has come in to try to turn around that group of players that Gary Graham brought in, but doesn't seem to be given the opportunity to bring so far to bring in him, bring in his, in his own guys. The Giants should be going into this weekend optimistic and motivated. They should, um, but the game is not played on paper, and uh, and you know we've, we've been burned by by those kinds of takes before. Um, not 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 an easy uh, fixture. Whenever the Giants play the Panthers, uh, they're not playing good enough right now. They're they're not good enough as an organization. Um, although rebuilds don't happen overnight, what an incredibly hard thing to try and excavate. Uh, a, a, an organization, a team, uh, a, even a psychology coaching staff that isn't working, and try, and even right from the top to to our former friend Omar Pasha, um, to try and then and a, a brand new and 
Ban no banned. <laughs> no, he, to be fair, I don't think we should ban him. He's text to say as travel and he apologizes and he'll come on the next time. So. <laughs> but uh, but but on on that, Joe, jo, I really didn't say. I really think that we've got to be so disciplined. I, I know that's. I don't Oof. want to yep. cliches. Five on five, uh, and I don't say this with Matthias backs on. We are the best team I have seen this season in the league. Five on five. We could have been better in the penalty kill. We could be better with the extra man, but five on five, we are a supreme team in this league. And, you know, discipline, stay on five on five or or better is, is what we need this weekend. Yeah, don't have a lot more to add, Paddy. Um, the, the Panthers' right. run wasn't built in the day. It's going to take them away. Listen, if you want to win the league title once every 60 years, you have to be doing better. You have to be more consistent. Um, so hopefully maybe <laughs> by the 2050s, they'll have found a run again. That's the games this Friday and Saturday. Belfast Giants versus the Nottingham Panthers at the SSE Arena. And if you can't get to those games, you should be getting to those games, but you can't get to those games, a bit like myself. Uh, Giants TV is the place that you will find them with the 50-year-old Mr. Simon Kitchen. Oh, 40 uh, happy birthday. 48 again. Doesn't look a day under 50. Um, <laughs> congratulations to him. Any other business, boys? No, sir. Happy birthday, says. That's a big one. Hope you had a great time. Absolutely. Davey, anything from you? No? No. On that note, then, let's wrap things up. Uh, big thanks to Peyton Jones for coming on and joining yeah. us. Um, really enjoyed the chat we had him with him, and our congratulations on the Player of the Month. Big thank you to everybody who voted. We had 667 votes in the in the Player of the Month vote in the poll uh, this month. And a big thanks, of course, to Phonacab for sponsoring that award. Belfast Giants, Nottingham Panthers, Friday and Saturday at 7 p.m., and uh, you can get us on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all your podcast providers. Thanks for all those who are tuning in live and sending in your, your comments, your questions, both here and on Twitter. Mr. McGimsey and Mr. Neil, good to see you. Thanks, boys. Thanks cheers, very cheers. much. And uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.